Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to wrestling is real. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. Here's the future of wrestling. You can call this the new world order of wrestling, brother. Day in and day out, I am the best on this microphone, in that ring, even at commentary. And whether you like it or you don't like it, learn by God, that I look, because it's the best thing going today. Kingofpodcasts.com proudly presents The Wrestling is real podcast because wrestling needs us presented by king of amazon.com when you think of amazon think king of amazon.com wrestlemania season is here and of course the wrestling is real podcast is back once again <clears throat> to talk all about it Allergies are kind of kicking my ass a little bit, so the voice sounds a little rough, but I don't have a full cold. I've been trying to avoid that, but a little congestion. Hopefully that'll get all away soon enough. A little flow nays doing the trick. Anyways, thanks for being here, joining me on the show. Let's go and get into it. I mentioned a few things, and of course, I'm still on my diatribe when it comes down to what's going on from last week. Now, we're not going to talk about the wedding again. We had a little follow-up after that, of course, but... The truth is, what really got people's attention in the world of the WWE Universe was a curveball that got thrown into WrestleMania season. The most prominent thing that happened at the start of Raw this Monday night, the fact that Brock Lesnar is going to enter the Royal Rumble, so that means he's not putting up his title at all for the next four months. Well, we don't know if he's going to defend it in February or March. But either which way, he's going to be entering the Royal Rumble at number one. Do I even need to say why this is so important? Besides the fact that Brock Lesnar wants to go ahead and enter number one into the Royal Rumble. Well, number one, WWE does not want to put anybody up against Brock Lesnar for the title at Royal Rumble. There's nobody they have ready to put together in four weeks, let alone four months. Let's just be honest here. <clears throat> I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know if you're going to have a triple threat or what you do to go and put things together, but there's nobody ready to take on Brock Lesnar, let alone take him on and win the title. 
Who do you have? I can't think of really anybody that really stands out or anybody that you feel like is going to be able to go ahead and come out of nowhere and be able to go ahead and take the spot, the top spot. Because, number one, we know that Roman Reigns is on SmackDown. And he'll eventually get his chance, I would imagine, against the WWE champion down the line. Whether it is, uh, I don't know if Roman Reigns will get that chance. But I'd like to think that he does. Or at least that would be the way he gets it if he wins the Rumble match. But now what they have done is in the short term, Brock Lesnar, the chance that he's going to be able to go ahead and beat everybody to win the Rumble match, you know, doesn't look like it's possible. 50-50 if we were going to be betting on my side. So then again, Brock Lesnar will lose the match and then we'll eventually find out who it is that takes him out so that he has to go ahead and face possibly that person that knocks him out in the Rumble match, or he will have to go and sit out and wait to see who will take his spot or who will be his opponent at WrestleMania. I mean, there's a lot of things you could do with that. But really... Both title matches this year, and even for the Women's Royal Rumble, there's nothing there. There is no momentum really behind anybody. I mean, Roman Reigns, you hope he wants to get somewhere. Then your Bryan actually has momentum, but that's a guy you've had momentum with for years. And then who else? Drew McIntyre a little bit? A little sliver of hope, right? Kevin Owens? Seth Rollins, well, Seth Rollins are rebuilding as a heel. As a top heel, though. But he's not going after any titles right now. So I don't know what you do. For Seth Rollins, there's not much to do with him. AJ Styles, no. And remember, you've had wrestlers that have already taken on Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar's beaten everybody. All of them across the board. So what's next? What do you do now? I don't even know. But it's because of reasons like this, what really motivates you this WrestleMania season? Ask yourself that question. Because I try to ask that. I put out on Twitter, after SmackDown on Friday night, I said, wrestling fans and podcasters alike, I said, quote, as you read comments in the Twitterverse about the insignificant TV ratings numbers of AEW and NXT, All you're doing is making WWE treat you as the lowest common denominator of fans. If they can easily distract you each week with this mindless, unimportant debate each week, Vince McMahon wins. WWE thinks all podcasters and fans are born stupid. They're easy to manipulate and easy to monetize. Stop getting suckered into fighting each other. Or don't. But if you're ready to focus your frustration on Raw, SmackDown, and eventually WrestleMania, give a listen to what I have to say. That's what I said. I'm trying to make a point here. Again, this is the issue <clears throat> that everybody decided to go ahead and deter. Listen, everybody within creative, in Stanford, Connecticut, in the company, in the fan base, everybody got sidetracked for the last three and a half months 
because of the Wednesday Night Wars. Do you understand what this means? Now we're at WrestleMania season. The push, the drive, the motivation, the outcry as to why we're coming in to WrestleMania season so damn flat should tell you something. It should say a lot to everybody out there why you should be mad as hell and you shouldn't want to take this. For people that want to go to Tampa Bay this year in April, are you really excited about what they have coming up? Does anybody have any idea of what dream matches they want to see? NXT is not the answer. When are people going to understand that and figure that out? But hey... If people want to go and have that and they want to just take the pity fight, the little insignificant fight for Wednesday night ratings between WWE's developmental division and a company that is just a year old, that has nothing significant right now in terms of any momentum to go head-to-head against WWE. Does everybody understand that? People are so worried. Oh my God, AEW might get a million viewers. So what? Everybody is so uptight about it. This little playground affair, this little thing in re- during recess with all the kids out there that are picking one side or the other. It's so stupid. Oh my God, everybody complaining about the Young Bucks going to Milwaukee. Was that where they were? And they did a little skint during halftime of a basketball game, right? Was it the Bucks they were playing? And all of a sudden, okay, Young Bucks, they hit a double super kick onto some random Joe out there. And I'm reading every podcaster. Oh, look what they did. Nobody gave him a pop. Who gives a shit? Again, wrestling and basketball do not mix. So there's a little bit of an awe factor. Yeah, people don't know who these people are. You're absolutely right. <clears throat> I give the credit to AEW at least trying to get their fan base out there getting noticed. If they're getting the opportunities, then damn right take them. So they don't know the young bucks. Oh, whoop they fucking do. And then, what also irks me more, which is where really where I want to focus things tonight, is the fact of how good wrestling is right now outside of WWE. But we're four months out. Well, what is it? No, three months out from WrestleMania season. I haven't started the countdown yet. I just looked it up. 87 days till WrestleMania 36. Tampa Bay. And this weekend, this past weekend, we saw what a lot of the diehard wrestling fans couldn't help but say was some of the best wrestling they ever see. And that's obvious that we talk about Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom 14 this weekend. I'll talk a little bit about some of the matches that happened over the two-day event. I got to watch both nights. It kicked ass. Not even a question there. It kicked ass. It was great. Now, I'm not going to say every match I enjoyed because some of the matches I just wanted to skip by. I wanted to see basically the American wrestlers and a couple of the guys we've seen throughout that have been the major stars across this whole brand. But anyway... Of the matches I saw, by the way, very good job on the commentary for both days as well. Gino Gambino, who I do not know, Chris Charlton, Rocky Romero, and Kevin Kelly, hell of a job. And I think I've heard enough of 
Kevin Kelly saying Destino of Tessio Naito's finishing move. I've heard enough of that, too. And also Rainmaker, I've heard that enough. So we'll go ahead and pass that for now. <laughs> but anyway, which way, I didn't bother doing a full. There was just some parts where I just was not big for about it. But which way, on the first night, Juice Robinson, David Finley, when the IWGP tag team titles, Juice Robinson, David Finley over the Gorillas of Destiny, which was good. John Moxley in a Texas death match for the IWGP United States Championship wins by knockout over Lance Archer. Talk about that, man. John Moxley was a star in Japan both nights. And Lance Archer, talk about a WWE cast-off. And that guy ever since has been strong. <clears throat> and he has, he has dominated in Japan. Has done very well. So can't knock him for that. Hiromu Takahashi against the Will Ospreay. That's, that match was was whew, off the charts. What a damn match. That was really good stuff. Tatsuya Naito over Jay White for the IWGP Intercontinental title. And then Naito wins the second night. Wins the heavyweight title. Meanwhile, Okada defends the title in two nights. Okada beating Kota Ibushi. That shit was sick as well. Great matches across. Like, the last five matches are what to watch the first night, and that was really great stuff. Second night, I came in and started watching again. I missed Zack Sabre Jr. with Sonata. I missed Rapungi 3K over the Bullet Club. I saw a little bit of the Jushin Thunder Liger stuff, his retirement stuff, and, you know, it's nice to see him still going out there and doing his thing. And deciding to go ahead and hang up the boots at this point of his career. John Moxley retained the U.S. title over Juice Robinson. That was great. <clears throat> Hiroki Goto against Kenta. So look at that. Hideo Tommy. Now he's over as Kenta Kobayashi. Doesn't win this match, but hell of a hell of a match, nevertheless. And not missing a thing by being back in Japan. Let's just say that. Jay White over Kota Bushi. So, Bushi taking two losses. Man, you know, that's uh, quite a story to tell. But long matches, give him that. Kota Bushi is, is a hell of a star, man. Hell of a talent. Jericho defeating Tanahashi by submission. That was a hell of a match, too. Naito over Okada. Also, double gold dash match. Double gold for Naito to win. Icy and heavyweight champion. That's just good stuff. These guys, hard-hitting. Now, the, the, the near falls, man, they went over the top and over the top. And just tell. When you look at the Wrestle Kingdom cards every year at the start of the year, and we've been paying attention to them closely since Wrestle Kingdom 9. We all know that. You know, Omega Jericho, everybody was just paying attention because Jericho was leaving, was uh, taking a match over while working in WWE and taking a match in Japan and getting the chance to work there. <clears throat> really, Jericho is... Um, you have to say Jericho is the, the the real hot part of the iron. He's the guy that really stands out, trendsetting everywhere. When he decides to leave WWE because he's pretty much done what he's done, even though he came back again the time he was away, it really did put people on notice. And I think at the time NXT was doing what it does, and it was just very much developmental when it first started. I really feel like Wrestle Kingdom changed the mindset of NXT. And tell me how it doesn't. Think about it. 
Mauro Ronaldo coming in to do the commentary like he does. Real high energy. Pretty much like how Kevin Kelly does commentary on those shows. And was Mauro Ronaldo the first guy that actually did the announcing for that? First time the Wrestle Kingdom 9? Was that what he did? No, Jim Ross did it. That's right. With Matt Stryker. Forget about that. But either which way, when you look at the matches, Wrestle Kingdom and seeing the matches that we saw in Wrestle Kingdom the last five years, you're telling me that Triple H doesn't look at that and say, I'm going to bring those guys to NXT. Kushida, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, think about it. I mean, just the Japanese feeling of going over there to get stars. Gals and Anderson. I mean, think about it. I think there was a point where Wrestle Kingdom really motivated what NXT wanted to be. And that also goes the same for the other American brands because Ring of Honor did the same thing. So Ring of Honor followed the Wrestle Kingdom field to their matches and the style of matches they would have to be doing. And so keep in mind that, you know, NXT could always try to go ahead and try to continue to go after stars that are in there. Now, Juice Robinson is doing very well over there. David Finley's doing very well over there. Jay White is doing very well. And honestly, look at that. Jay White leaving Ring of Honor altogether. And Ring of Honor could badly use Jay White again. And I'm surprised that, you know, with the New Japan deal, Jay White's not getting a chance to come back over and work a bit. But there's not much. I don't know if he wants to come back or not. But Jay White was insignificant in Ring of Honor to a point. And all of a sudden, Switchblade, and that guy's a star in Japan, and he's just killing it. It is very nice. It is very nice to see Moxley and Jericho working in Japan over the weekend and looking really strong. And Jericho getting the chance to promote the AEW title. I thought that was really great to see. I just think it's really good to go ahead and see that kind of presence there. And the prestige. The reputation that precedes both of them. John Moxie has made a serious star from his work in Japan. And I'm starting to feel like he's getting a little bit of seriousness and a little more recognition, a little more dignity to what he felt like he needed to get. Really the respect that he deserves. AEW is giving him that respect. Japan absolutely is giving him that respect. And that's something that's got to be said about what those matches and those styles. I mean, NXT TakeOver's are Wrestle Kingdoms. They want to be Wrestle Kingdoms. There's not even a question there. Except the fans want to have their stars they can root for that are not Japanese, that are not people they can't understand. And they don't want to go and hear, you know, they don't want to see the matches that are coming out of Japan because it's like, oh, what are you going to watch this Japan stuff? They don't want to. I get that. But it still comes down to the fact that the wrestling's great and people should appreciate the fact that when you see those matches on TV, and I mean that's the one few, that's the one card I watch every year as Wrestle Kingdom, because you know it's gonna be great. <clears throat> I mean, for me to keep up with the G ones and the climax shows and all this stuff, I can't keep up with all that. It's just too much. But I'll admit, when I watch Wrestle Kingdom, that's just great stuff, and that was great, great matches throughout. No complaints there. It's. Starting off the year with a great bang. So credit where credit's due. I love that. Love it all. With that said, 
WWE, WWE fans want to have that feeling as well. They want to have that style of wrestling, but they want it done their way. It's got to be, it's like the American way. It's got to be done the American way. You know, Japanese has great cars, but we want American-made wrestling. We want American-born and bred wrestling. I get it. And we want to see people that are coming with a Japanese style. And what Triple H has done is the UK brings in the European style, the British style, the, the strong style, world of sport. Good. <clears throat> so, I mean, that all makes sense. And bringing women's wrestling to the forefront. But we all know that all that right there, it's never going to be the focus of Vince McMahon. And more important than anything else is how much influence Vince McMahon has right now on the product. Because now you got to ask yourself the question. At the same time, WrestleMania is going on. Keep this in mind, folks. Nobody's talking about this too much, but the XFL is getting ready to launch. So now the XFL, which of course Vince McMahon is probably the biggest investor into, who has brought this together, has created the league. It is quite interesting how they're putting it together. They got a great TV deal. Okay, they're going to run on Saturdays and Sundays on Fox and ABC ESPN. They got to deal with both of those organizations to cover their games. How about that? Now here's how it works. Each week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There will be games at 2 o'clock and 5 o'clock Eastern. The 2 o'clock games are run on ABC on Saturdays. And then on the late game is on Fox. And then Sundays, they do a Fox game on Sunday. And then they'll do a late game on ESPN. And that's on that first week. <clears throat> then ABC will run on Saturday the following, the second week two, you'll see then a regular run where it'll be a difference. Either ABC or ESPN will carry the games, and then the games will be carried on Fox Sports 1. So you just have to look at the channels to find out where it's going to be. But for the most part, games will either be at 2 and 5 p.m. or 3 and 6 p.m., and sometimes it changes. I'm not sure why they change the schedule, but there's not a, it's not always a set the same way. Now, the final weeks of the season will be at the end of April. And then you have the playoffs and the championship. April 18th to 19th of the playoffs. April 26th of the championship. So that whole three months right there, that's going to be Vince McMahon running day to day on that. <clears throat> he's not going to be going anywhere else. So I imagine he's not going to have much to say as to what happens with the WrestleMania season this year. I don't think he would. And by the way, NXFL is actually quite interesting this year for the rules. I actually really enjoy it. So they have five gameplay innovations, five timing changes, and five common sense rules. So kickoffs, they're guaranteed to have kickoff returns, point after touchdowns. You have the three different ways to score points, one, two, or three points on extra points. That's great. 25-second play, play clock, so the game will move fast. 
supposed to move under three minutes or under three hours as opposed to what NFL games will usually are over three hours. The game is supposed to run about two and a half, two forty-five. The comeback period, the overtime, excuse me, the halftime period is ten minutes, not fifteen. A running game clock. You got timeouts and replay rulings. One foot inbounds like college football. A ball spotting official so the ball can be moved quickly down the field. Coach and player communication will be there. A simplified illegal man downfield and a shorter halftime. And also, in the game, you're allowed to see passes that can go ahead and be passed twice. So, underneath center, the quarterback can throw the ball. And then another player can also move the ball. (coughs) So, for instance... Players can move the ball when it's touched by the returner or three seconds after the ball touches the ground. Then you have a lot of things where when you're playing, like I said, you can again do a double forward pass. Now, the rule is if a team completes a forward pass behind a line of scrimmage, that team may throw a second forward pass as long as the ball has at no time crossed the line of scrimmage. Once it's past the line of scrimmage, no forward passes are permitted. Now, that's interesting. And also the double pass, you know, they want to just show it's a trick play that we're going to get to see a lot of. That probably will be what will really stand out. Overtime, five rounds, stage and alternating single play possessions as like an NHL shootout or MLS penalty kick. So one play to get inside. One play to score. I didn't realize that. I thought it was five downs. No, it's one play. And that's it. So that's good stuff. I like all that. XFL looks interesting, and I hope it gets some buzz, and I hope it gets some real traction. But for what it's worth, it's uh, that's what's going to keep up Vince's time. You can't expect Vince to manage what's going on with WrestleMania season and this now. I don't know if people are talking about that, but I haven't heard anybody talk about XFL. But it's here now. It's underway. It's coming up about 30 days from now. First game start start coming up the week after the Super Bowl. So five weeks. <clears throat> now here we are, and it's set. So you just got to ask yourself, what's going to happen soon enough? What are we going to get? I don't know. But WWE, I'm just saying for myself, I don't like where we're seeing things right now when it comes to Raw or SmackDown. And the buildup, listen, we got a lot a lot of returns this week. Okay, Uso's coming back, that's nice. Big show coming back, okay. Like we had some people coming back and returning, John Morrison making an appearance, like you know, accompanying the Miz. Fine. But other than that, we're just seeing a whole lot of okay, people are back, but nothing to really buzz about. Nothing to really go excited about. The Lana Rusev, I mean the Lana Lashley wedding aftermath. And seeing Rusev behind a green screen on the beach was stupid. I mean, all of it just didn't feel like much was going of anything. I mean, yeah, we see some returns. We see a little bit of buzz. WrestleMania season's here. Brock Lesnar's back. He makes his announcement. Or Paul Heyman makes the announcement for him. Other than that, it's same old, same old. And I'm wondering what in the world WWE is going to be able to do to get people motivated again about WrestleMania season because this is a tougher year than most. I don't see them bringing up or bringing back a whole lot of part-timers to come ahead and you know, take the uh, the guard. 
I mean, if Paul Heyman is really still in charge here, which I'm imagining he is with quite a few things, now he's really got to rely on this. He's got to rely on really building up the biggest pay-per-view of the year. And he's got to do it without smudging, or really without pissing off Vince, who Vince is going to be working on, not going to be able to go ahead and watch his baby, you know, like he normally does for the last 40 years plus whatever. And he's going to have somebody else running the reins. A lot of these, yes, expert people that have been in the bubble doing wrestling for a long time, but are they going to know what they're doing? Are they going to be able to go and keep things in the right direction for all to be happy? I mean, are people really going to care about the Wednesday Night Wars when WrestleMania season goes flat? Is that going to pass up everybody? I mean, it's because... Nobody wants to look at the alternative wrestling products out there. So people didn't give a shit about Wrestle Kingdom. There's a lot of the mainstream fans. I know there are. <clears throat> Some of you probably didn't care about it either. Okay. Impact Wrestling, do you know they got a great pay-per-view coming up this weekend? I want to talk about that in a few minutes. Hard to kill. It looks fantastic. I mean, I've been excited about the Tessa Blanchard-Sammy Callahan feud for a long time now. I really enjoyed all they've done with it. And I'm excited to see if Tessa Blanchard can actually pull off the miracle and they will crown her champion. I'd love to see it happen. I think it would be a great moment. And she's a very believable opponent against Sammy Callahan. If you didn't get a chance, go look on Twitter on Impact Wrestling's page. I don't know if they put it on their YouTube either, but they did a nine-minute package, like almost like a behind-the-bell kind of deal between... Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan going back both of their backgrounds. And it was such a great story being told. They really put in a lot into we both both wrestlers really kind of just became themselves. And then they really got into their characters and really tore each other apart. <clears throat> there's a lot of good with that. I mean, there's a lot of good matches coming up anyway for this pay-per-view, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's gonna be awesome. So you have that to think about. But when it comes down to it, what is this company doing? Yeah, sure. They're not going to lose any wrestlers. Like, the thing is, to some of the WWE fans and the podcasters out there, yes, you're all saying something about the fact that, oh, well, it doesn't matter what's going on in AEW. It doesn't matter about you know, what other companies are doing. People are not concerned people can just go ahead and complain on twitter all they want but they're not doing anything to help be critical or no excuse me not critical constructive i wish the fans on twitter would be much more constructive and less critical of everybody out there because what good is it doing everybody thinks that WWE is always going to find a way to get their shows put together and WrestleMania will be fine. Well, they can stack a show all they want with average matches all they want. But really, if they cannot pull any big stars, and when I see the stars being built in other brands, oh, so the company's like, oh, you know, the fans are like, oh, well, they're going to get this guy. They're going to, this guy's going to leave. Nobody will care about him. Well, this person's going to come back. Nobody's going to care about him. It's... As if, if you don't have WWE listed as your employer, you don't mean shit. You mean nothing. 
And do you understand, you fans, you podcasters out there that continue to bury the wrestlers out there that you don't care about because, oh, well, they're not with WWE. You know, if maybe we'd care about you if you were in WWE, but you know, since you're not in WWE, we don't care. You're nothing to us. You're lint on the bottom of our shoes. Then you guys turn in the heels. You just don't care. Oh, good for you. That's so nice of you to do that. And people just don't care. And I'm just surprised that everybody's allowed to go ahead and just. Where all the podcasters can just go ahead and just crap on. But I don't hear anybody really ripping this company an ass about how they're going to go ahead and come across and deliver most likely a lackluster WrestleMania. At this point, I have no real interest in what happens. I am curious only about Brock Lesnar at the moment. Becky Lynch, I don't feel like it means anything at the moment. And then I just say to myself, what about everybody else? I'm just saying, you know, there's nothing there. Yeah, everybody can put, oh, Diamond Dallas Page, he's 60 years old. Why is he out there wrestling still? Dr. Luther, who's that guy? I don't care, give a fuck about him. He's not in WWE. When everybody does that, the wrestler should be pissed. All you're doing is fueling the vitriol, you're just fueling them to be better stars, but they're going to be better stars somewhere else. Do you think some of these wrestlers that are out here, the Brian Cages, the Tessa Blanches of the world, I mean, except for the payday, do you think they're going to feel happy when they're going to have fans like you to deal with? <clears throat> think about it. It's a toxic environment. And I'm hating to say it, man, but some of the podcasters, my fellow podcasting brethren, brethren you're doing that. For what? Why would you go ahead and just be so negative? And I, I don't want to think it was because of some kind of a cultural, political, social kind of thing, but I feel like it is. But I'm not ready to go ahead and jump on there and start saying that's what it is. And I don't know. Think about it like this. So we heard a lot about Alex Shelley. You know, for years, nobody caring about him. And, oh, because he was Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling, Motor City Machine Guns. Nobody gives a shit about him. But I guarantee you, all of a sudden, people will see him in NXT next week. Oh, he's such a big deal. Alex Shelley, I thought he was great. I thought he was awesome. And all of a sudden, just because he changes his stripes, he enjoys his company, oh, everybody's going to be all about it. Oh, if Kushida and Alex Shelley get together and bring back time splitters. Oh, so now you know who it is. See, you see all these stars, you want them to bring their talent to help the bigger brand. And what does it do every damn time? Don't you understand this company doesn't know what to do with these people? Finn Bauer now be called the Prince again. They're basically just using his New Japan gimmick. They're just letting him kind of go off and be what he was. <clears throat> and that goes for everybody else in NXT. It's not as if WWE is able to do something with these stars to make them bigger and better. They're not doing that right now. There is not one person on that roster in WWE in the last year that I feel like has gotten bigger and better since. You think you're, you you're going to be all happy about Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy going after each other and having their matches and all of a sudden, here we go. 
I mean, oh, they're going to go for WrestleMania and get in a top match and a top feud? No. So think about all that. Not helping at all. And what it comes down to as well, NXT, they have to continue to go and keep building up bigger and bigger cards every week. They have to hot shot book that show to get people to stay on it. 800,000 people. But do you understand NXT is not going to grow more than that? Because no matter what, well, I've said it, they need to have fine room to grow. But again, Fatal 4-Way, number one contender for the NXT North American champion. Starting off the first of the night with Rhea Ripley, your new women's champion, and a big six-person uh, six tag. And the Dusty Rhodes Classic Tag Team Tournament. So you have all that going up right there, moving along. Yes, nobody wants to give any credit at all. Yeah, Dynamite, I know. They, they went up against the award special last week and almost got a million viewers. More or less uncontested. But I wouldn't be surprised if they get themselves back up to around 800,000 again and then NXT doing the same thing. I see again a neck-and-neck situation. But for people to really be <clears throat> gloating and pumping their chests because NXT gets a slight win over AEW each week, if that's the case, it doesn't. It takes away from the real argument, the real problems going on. It takes away from what's really happening. The fact of the matter that WWE's WrestleMania season is off flat. Brock Lesnar is the only star that truly matters over there right now. When you had to build things up for Crown Jewel, you had to bring in Tyson Fury and Cain Velasquez. They're not even in the picture anymore, right? Which stars do you have that are going to headline WrestleMania? Who are the feuds that are going to be the top four feuds for that card? Who are they going to be? Ask yourself that question. Then you're Brian Bray Wyatt? Okay, that's one. What's next? Who do you got next? You're going to bring back Undertaker another year? We're going to do that one more time? Ask yourself, who do you have? What is there? Exactly my point. So I'm stopping and starting the recording because uh, I am dealing a little bit with it, like I said, with the cough and trust trying to get through talking to the show. I want to take a few more minutes and talk about Impact Wrestling's hard-to-kill pay-per-view coming up this weekend, which looks fantastic. So with that said, <clears throat> here's what you got. Coming from Dallas, Texas, at a venue called The Bomb Factory. I don't even know what that is. I know that's different than where MLW's been doing their shows, the zero hour that goes on. So Bomb Factory, 50,000 square foot venue in downtown Dallas, a music venue for the most part. And they're going to have a couple of nights of wrestling. They're going to do Sunday and Monday as they do all that. Let me do a quick preview predictions for that card at the moment. Eight matches on the card we got so far. Madman Fulton against Ken Shamrock, and I think Madman Fulton will win. Moose versus Rhino. Interesting how they put that match together. I'm going to say Moose wins. Brian Cage versus Rob Van Dam. I've enjoyed the new Rob Van Dam character. Returning back to his original heel spot because I haven't seen him like that in a long time. I love that. 
and I think Brian Cage will get the win. Call your shot trophy. So this is the one that Eddie Edwards won in the Battle Royal, I remember. Forget what was it was uh not anniversary. it was the last one. I think it was a homecoming. That's when they had that match. And Eddie Edwards won the trophy. And so Michael Elgin is looking to claim that trophy because that's what's being put up on the line. I think Elgin wins that match. The North will defend the Impact Tag Team titles. Josh Alexander and Ethan Page against Rich Swan and Willie Mack. I think the North retains. Taya Valkyrie versus Jordan Grace versus ODB for the knockouts title. I hope Taya Valkyrie keeps it. But I think they're going to give it to Jordan Grace. They're going to let her take that win. Finally, again, she's going to get a chance to go after that belt. So I think Jordan Grace will probably win it that night. Ace Austin defends the X Division title against Trey. What this is not just your run of the mill X Division title. They've had a very good story with X Austin having the hots for Trey Miguel's mom. That's actually been actually quite an interesting story and pretty well told. And again, Impact World Title, Sammy Callahan defends against Tessa Blanchard. Undeniable. I think though the diamond, excuse me. I just think for her, I think um well, Sammy Callahan to Blanchard, I hope that match goes 30 plus minutes. That looks like a fun, fun match. And I'm really looking forward to that. I hope it goes really well. And we'll leave it there. I wish I could do a little bit more, but I'm going to leave it right there. We'll obviously have more to go and talk about coming up in the next few weeks. WrestleMania season's almost here. But it's here, but it's, it doesn't feel like it is. We have to wait for some real things to happen, for the Royal Rumble to start coming into play. And... You know, I'm wondering if even the ratings and the people that are going to be interested in Raw and SmackDown and all are really going to be excited. I mean, it wasn't like they got a major bump in the Raw this week. We'll see what SmackDown gets on Friday, but really there wasn't much of anything. So, we'll leave it there. We'll check and see what happens. We'll come back for another Wrestling Israel podcast this coming Sunday as we do a post-show for Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill coming up this Sunday night. We'll talk about that on the next show because wrestling needs us. Thank you for listening to the Wrestling Is Real podcast brought to you by KingOfAmazon.com. Help support the King of Podcasts. Shop now at KingOfAmazon.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.